welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Hi guys, welcome to episode 68 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, and today I'm joined by Ryan McKinnon. Ryan has a very interesting story, a little bit different here on the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I really like to try and interview people who have everyday jobs um, within motorsport as well. So for those that don't get to achieve their dreams of being a aspiring full-time race car driver, and they love that industry, that we can also showcase what other roles are out there and how they can get involved in these roles and what these roles actually look like. So Ryan has got a fantastic story. He's done a little bit of everything from being an official, um, being a driver, being a rally driver, what are they called, pilot, <laughs> and, um, and also currently does some cool stuff in motorsports now. So you have to listen to what he's currently doing. Um, we're going to get started into this show, you guys. But before we do, just a reminder that we do have a free motorsport sponsorship group in Facebook. Uh, just go to our main page at Motivate Training, scroll down to our groups, head across to Motorsport Sponsorship, or just simply put that in the search button in Facebook, Motorsport Sponsorship, and you'll come up. Come over and join us and learn more about, obviously, sponsorship, social media, um, branding, public relations, and we do some media work as well. The link to the group will also be in today's show notes. Now let's get started with Ryan. Well, good morning, Ryan, and welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. Thank you. I recently put a call out for podcast guest on LinkedIn and with the subline, everybody has a story to tell. Let me share your story. And Ryan um, put up his hand. He said, I'm not quite sure, you know, if I'm exactly what you want. And I learned a little bit more about Ryan. I was like, yes, I do because he's done so many wonderful things within the industry and still does. And I wanted to share his story. So thanks again, Ryan, for coming on board today. Um, tell us, how did you get started in motorsport? Um, basically it's sort of, well, the family for years, uh, back in the eighties, my uncle used to rally on a state level, um, in an old Datsun 1600. Um, and as a kid, well, you learn, you learn these things, stories of your family. Um, and as a kid growing up, I was always watching all these old VHS tapes of Ron and his uncle Ron and his rallies and to the point where it drove everyone in the house mad. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister used to, on a weekend, would even know when I was watching it just by the sound, um, <laughs> even though even knew which one I was watching. Um, from there, um, oh, well, I consider our family just a typical middle-class, everyday working family. So for us, racing was never, to actually do that was never really, in the budget for mum and dad to even put me into carts or anything like that. So our biggest kick was um, as a kid, dad would pick us up um, on the weekends. We'd go out and watch um, any sort of racing that was on a lakeside, you know, Kowongba there. Um, If we knew there was a rally nearby, we'd go out and watch a rally spectate. Um, And then sort of from there, progressed on further years. Um, Another one of my uncles, Yes, I've got a really big family <laughs> um, who lives up north, up near Imble, near Gympie, um, where a lot of rallies are held. Um, 
he started getting really involved with um, being an official with Brisbane Sporting Car Club and Queensland Rally. And we started going to um, just participating in a road closure or any sort of marshal. And then from there, Uncle Malcolm started getting more and more involved with Brisbane Sporting Car Club and became the, the head safety officer for Brisbane Sporting Car Club. And then from there, we're going on participating as an official with more uh, more events, which obviously expanded onto the World Rally down at Coffs Harbour. Um, the first couple of times, I was just a part of the uh, mobile security team, which was at that time the ruling the we were required to do a pass of every stage before your zero cars and then competitors. Um, <clears throat> and then after a while, the rules changed of what we were required to do. And it was we were had to orchestrate checkpoints and going around the stage as close as we could get to the stage without entering. Um, and the last year that I did that, I was actually asked to be team leader for the uh, mobile security. Um, that was meaning a team of 10 guys on bikes, cars, and that involved organising like a bit of a roster for them of where I want them to be at certain times of the day, in um, depending on what part of what stage of the rally was at. Um, you had to sort of predict of where the bigger crowds were because obviously being all Aussies loving motorsport. There's always the ones who get a little bit too cheery and have a few too many beers and jump out on the stage and things like that. Um, but generally, all are pretty good. <clears throat> and then, in between all that, um, obviously, growing up, I sorry, probably should have backtracked a bit, but I got an apprenticeship in a workshop um, on the north side of Brisbane. And he was heavily involved in rally as well. So that sort of really fueled <laughs> it even harder. Um, so from then on, doing my apprenticeship at Tyres and More, um, which became, we ended up becoming two stores and became AOE and Motorsport as well, which some listeners may know who that is, Sean. Um, so then from then, my whole week and late nights became building rally cars, build race cars, uh, do wheel, people would come in with any sort of race car or rally car, do, um, you know, carry out wheel alignments, build these cars. And then the weekends you'd be going service and um, pit for all these guys. So it would be leave Brisbane at you know, wee hours of the morning, get up there, unload the car, set up service. You would fix the car all day through whatever needs to be repaired or recover. <clears throat> Um, and you would sleep in a swag in the middle of a paddock um, for the night and just get up early in the morning and go home, or that may be a whole weekend scenario. Um, so, yeah, and then I sort of had enough for a bit, obviously, and then went and worked out west and did the whole mining thing for a bit. Um, come back a few years later and really wanted to get back into it again. And... Um, the, where I did my apprenticeship, the boss's son, he had bought himself a rally car and he was starting to get quite competitive and climbing up, wanted to go in different um, classes and things like that. He had a Gemini Cup car that he wanted to sell. Um, 
we got talking over a few beers one night and um, picked it up pretty cheap. Spent six months uh, fixing it, building it, and because um, it sort of sat in the corner out in the weather a bit for a while. Um, <laughs> like old cars, they tend to collect a lot of rust. Um, and originally the idea was just to do a lot of carna crosses and motor carnas and hills, hill climbs and things like that. Um, but then I got talking to um, some of the guys in the Gemini Cup series in Queensland and um, they sort of convinced me to get on board and have a go at it and then I started watching a lot of videos about it and then one day I was, I was just sitting there watching some whatever motorsport was on TV at the time and I was just sitting there on the lounge and I sent my dad a message and I went right I want to give this the next 12 months which was this was 2018 I said right next year I want to give this a full crack at a full championship, mm -hmm. um, have a full proper go at full racing. Um, Cause in the past I'd only do just in my own road car. I'd, the only sort of my, as a competitor, um, I'd only do maybe some hill climbs and motor cars and things like that. So I thought, right, I want to have a full, a proper go at a full race level, competitive racing. And, um, and off we went and, um, I didn't really mention a lot of it to a lot of people um, around friends and family. Um, maybe a few close friends that I used that was that worked in the automotive industry that could sort of help me get along a bit. Um, and only the start of 2018, I started working where I am now. Um, and, um, the bosses got wind of what I was doing and they turned around and said, Hey, look, we want to help, um, want to help you out a bit. And, um, I said, Oh, okay. And I said, yeah, well, it sounds great. And, and the way they were helping was whenever they upgraded, um, tooling and equipment in the workshop, I would, they would give me the older stuff that they were getting rid of, um, which is all still working and fine. And I just said, oh, well, I'm happy to, you know, wear some signage because we have our own signage guys here at work as well. And then one day we're out doing some testing for a product and um, boss turned around and looked at me and said, can I do a complete vinyl wrap on your car? And I went, oh, okay, right, this is great. So because um, everything I did building the car, I did it all myself. I, I did the whole paint and panel mechanical. Um, well, mechanical was easy enough for me to do myself, being a mechanic. Um, so I painted all myself. So it kind of, it was a good from a far, but far from good sort of paint job. But then when the boss turned around and said, oh, can you, can I do a vinyl wrap on your car? Um, I just thought, oh, this is going to look great. It's going to look like the car just like 10 times better. It was just exciting. And so, yeah, the car, my little Gemini spent a weekend in the, in the workshop and came out looking the way it is. And um, so, yeah, round one, I rolled out with all the car signed up and um, and it got a fair bit of a backing um, where the local track that we race at, at Morgan Park in Warwick. Um, a lot of people thought that it was a full factory sort of backed workshop backed car just by the vinyl wrap that was on it. So 
Uh, um, got a lot of praise from the scrutineers for my first time out, and I, they knew by looking at the logbook, some of the scrutineers actually recognised the car, and um, they were actually really impressed of how it looked and where I got it to as a standard for a, a Gemini race car. And yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, so, yeah, now the, the bug's really set in. Um, <laughs> lucky enough, I've got a girlfriend that's really supportive of that. Having a passion is good. So all she does is just wheel me in every now and then when um, I get excited and see, like, another parts and, you know, any sort of race parts and bits and all that that come up for sale and then she'll sort of do a bit of a reminder that, okay, this bill's coming up, we've got this happening and um, how about we wait for that for this week? And so she's um, been very influential on um, making sure I'm budgeting well. So. <laughs> very important. <clears throat> but um, basically in a nutshell, that's kind of how it all happened. So. so tell us a little bit about the Gemini Cup in Queensland. So it's a state-based series. How many rounds does it have? And um, It's actually a very, yeah, it's actually a very small series now. Um, like last year, um, being my first year of racing in the series, um, we had a maximum, I think we had six Geminis. Mm-hmm. Um, and being such a low number, we always got put on the back of the HQs or improved productions. Um, yeah, it was a, it's just a um, strict category racing. Um, so we all run the same tyres. We can all only do certain modifications to the motor. Um, there's a weight restriction, minimum weight. Um, it's actually, I think, believe to date, it's still the oldest um, form of category racing in Australia. Um, last year was its 40th anniversary of competing in Queensland. Um, I don't, I'm not 100% sure if there's a lot more of it still happening around Australia. No. I believe we're probably the last of it. Um, but it used to be a very um, big category, um, as popular as what your Hyundai XL Cup racing is. Um, so it's kind of it has been a bit of a challenge trying to get these people that have these um, some drivers that have old race cars still sitting in the shed, get them back out on track. Because every time I turn even turn up to a just a practice day or anything like that. Um, Everyone comes over and says g'day because it's an old race car. Yeah. Um, like it's over, it's over 45 years old. It's 45 years old this year. Um, like this year alone, um, there was, I actually wrote a small article about um, just trying to amp up the series a bit, get it going again, and just awareness. Um, I wrote a small article and spread it out to a heap of um, outlets and um, a bloke named Mark Watson, um, sorry, I can't remember who he writes for, uh, Journo. He used to do a lot of um, articles for uh, Gemini Cup racing and classic racing in the past. He got on board and uh, wrote an article about it as well, and um, which got a fair bit of a reaction um, through friends and family I know. Um, We'll have to send the link and we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, I will. I'll send it to you. It was, um, but yeah, look, 
And is that is that what drew? To- I reckon it's great fun. Yeah. Is that what drew towards the Gemini Cup, just the history of the event, as opposed to going to a series like a Hyundai XL? I was also the fact that I love older cars. Like, I was always, I don't know, they just, to me, they, that little rattle, the little indescriptions <laughs> they've got, just give it that character. Um, I've always liked older cars. Um, been for drives in many of high-performance cars or supercars and things like that. Yeah, they've got their buzz, but there's just something about an older car that always appeals to me. Um, and also that I was able to pick up the car. It was already logbooked. It was um, had a full cage in it, all that. So it was a big step ahead cost-wise. Yeah. Uh, was the other reason why I jumped in that as well. Um, but in saying that, also, I do have a Hyundai XL as well, which is slowly <laughs> evolving into a race car as well. So um, <clears throat> uh, the fact that the Gemini is old, um, the people, that's the guys that still race at the moment, um, we're very, very cautious of each other. We give each other plenty of room because we know they're an older car. Um, they've taken a lot of a beating over the years. Um, so everyone... And parts are getting a little bit more expensive, being classified as a though well, they are a classic now. Um, so no one wants to wreck any cars nowadays. So we all, it's probably more of a general, gentleman's cup racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so who's in your team now? You're saying it was just your dad before, and are all your uncles that you helped out with the rally that have come and helped you, or is it basically just you and your girlfriend? Yeah. yeah, it's basically the team. It's just myself. Um, Myself, my dad, girlfriend, mum. Mum comes and watches every now and then. Um, basically, she'll just do a lot of the catering. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is always important. That's right. Um, but it's basically just us. Um, and the only support I really get is from work. Um, and they their support also is, like I said earlier, with um, I get access to a, a huge workshop warehouse. Um, with a big engineering area so I can manufacture any um, any metal work and all that sort of stuff. Um, and another big support is a mate of mine. He's a sales manager for an um, automotive additive company, mm-hmm. uh, a local one in North Brisbane, um, in Virotech. And they've been great because he has access at a very good um, costs for uh, oils and obviously their own um, additives they make so things like that was a huge help as well because then I can uh, just the basics of servicing my own vehicle the race car um, things like that they were just a huge help as loan like the you know the fifty hundred dollars of, of bits and pieces and um, consumables like that that you can get given to you is like it all adds up especially yeah. as a bit of a solo person that runs very solo. Um, yeah, so that's about all of us, really. <laughs> and are you still officiating now? Uh, with the rally? Yep. Like- um, not as much. Um, well, the WRC last year was cancelled because of the bushfires. Um, this year, who knows what's going to happen with the coronavirus. But... Um, I do a lot more. I don't really do a lot of officialing as much now because um, it is very, very time-consuming and I'm really enjoying my my driving more. But um, when I'm not driving, I would, I'll either jump in the 
what they usually refer to the silly seat and the navigator seat. I'll, um, I've done a little bit of navigating for my uncle um, when he brings his race car up to Queensland, down from Central Coast, New South Wales. Um, I was meant to be navigating this weekend for a mate of mine as well in his Hyundai. Um, but again, cancelled because of the virus, so that didn't happen. But if I'm not doing that, generally I'll, I'm just going service for all their rally cars because I've spent a lot of time with them. Um, spent a lot of time with them growing up because the, the group of people that I usually go service for is all friends or um, the sons of yeah. Yeah. employer yeah. when I was doing my apprenticeship. Yeah. So we all, it's kind of like a second family. Yeah. Mm. That's the great thing about motorsport. It is like one big happy family. And yeah, that's a lot of it can be a lot. That can be a lot of the addiction too. Like even just at the racetrack, you can get, um, when my first round, I uh, hit the ripple strip a bit hard, broke a ball joint, and a guy came across from Formula Ford, um, spotted that I was having a few dramas. I only brought X amount of tools with me, and he um, came and gave me a hand, and not that I can remember his name, but every time I see his face at the track, we always get a big wave and a hello. So, um, yeah, like that's that part of it's really uh, a bit of an addiction as well. You know, it's like going to hang out with your mates again. Uh, yeah, cool. that's right. I grew up at the track, so I second your thoughts. Yeah. And Tarine, tell us a little bit about rally racing. That's it's a whole new world for me. So, how does it work? Like, how does the race work? And yeah, just fix um, about it. Oh, um, God, rally. Um, well, basically, it's a timed event. You don't. The difference is obviously from the circuit. You don't have people, you know, door to door with you. Mm. Um, so it's a point-to-point race. Um, I Why would you want to be a navigator? Is my question. <laughs> when you've got no control. <laughs> um, funny enough, like that's actually a buzz on its own. Um, <laughs> that's my question. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, very tricky question, actually. Um, yeah. But like for someone, I was a bit. Um, cautious about doing it anyway because I'm someone who can't I can't sit in a car and read a book I get car sick but Sydney put my helmet on when you focus reading notes you're obviously sitting down in the car um, it's totally different I don't get sick by doing it so um, is that because the adrenaline has taken over instead yeah it I, I assume so I haven't really you know I'm still fairly green you'd say at navigating but um again it's another buzz that you can um another way you can get access to motorsport without spending a lot of money really like probably the most expensive part of being a navigator i'd imagine would be buying your safety gear buy your suit your helmet and um and a license um because at the end of the day um if you're a good navigator people will just they'll just want you to come along and basically you just turn up, hop the seat, um, the silly seat or the, or the, or the office is some, yep. what some guys refer it to because you're in there to do a job, um, which at the end of the day is just as important. A navigator is just as important as a driver. Um, cause, uh, a navigator, there's, you know, you can have two type, different types of rallies. You can have a blind rally or a, a notes rally. Um, 
the notes rally is where you can have you have access to the course um, prior to the event so you can write your own notes to go down with your your post notes um, or a blind rally is where you literally go in blind you have to rely on the notes that you're given by the officials that they make um, that's just yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's good fun um, and yeah, it's great. If anyone, you know, want, and the other thing is too, is the majority of all rallies to spectate, it's cost nothing. Um, they're all held in um, state forests. Um, there's a lot of rallies um, in North Brisbane, uh, north of Brisbane, usually only in the vicinity of a couple of hours up near Gympie, um, Kenilworth, up through that area. Um, yeah, so it's the, again, it's one of those things, if, to keep it going, we need the spectators there to keep watching. So it's, um, no, I'd say to anyone, if anyone's sort of half interested, just go out and have a look. Like it's even just a nice day out to get out and out in the bush in Australia and have a look around and then you see a fast cargo pass. So. Yeah. <laughs> Flying towards you. Yeah, all that. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds like a great day out, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the really big things um, we want to concentrate on the Motorsport po um, Podcast is around about life outside of racing. And as you mentioned before, you're a mechanic by trade. And was that something that you did um, straight out of year 10 or was that something that you pursued later in life? No, that was a lot later in life. Um, I was always interested in cars, but I never thought about being, becoming a mechanic. Um, so I've um, had multiple jobs before I even became a mechanic. Um, like I was a lifeguard for four years so like I've gone from either end of the Richter scale in different types of jobs and areas um, So did you choose mechanics because of your love of, of motorsports? Sorry, say that again Did you choose to go down the way of mechanics because of your love of motorsports? Yeah, that, that was um, that was a lot of it um, the fact that it popped up um, and again, like the only way I got the job is I, back then when you looked in the paper for things, not online, um, <laughs> yeah, just saw an ad in the paper and I went, oh, I'll bring it up. Um, and it was actually not for an apprenticeship to start with. It was actually just a traineeship. And, um, so yeah, I turned up, had an interview over the front counter with customer, with Sean's customers around me. And it was probably 10 minute talk over the counter. Um, and you yeah, got the traineeship. I was there for 12 months, did my traineeship. Um, that was just a underbody technician. So basically you're just a bit of a glorified, I suppose, TA to a mechanic. Um, I finished that and then actually did my apprenticeship. So all up, I think I was there for about six or seven years uh, working for Sean. But um, so he's got a lot to uh, a lot to answer for with my addiction. So <laughs> it's fun. It's funded your um, love and for your hobbies, and it's not a bad thing. And yeah. then from there, um, we now work at, as a fitter. So uh, at Alatrax, tell us what do they do? It looks pretty cool on the website. It's um yeah, it's really cool. Um, like I said, I, I actually came to this via our we're actually an electronics company. Um, we build, um, besides well, what Alitrax is itself, is um, what we call race technology. Um, 
we're a track lighting company, basically. Um, so all your start lights, um, your flag marshal lighting, um, cream, you know, um, so things like the start lights at first and the megavis, um, they're all out. That's all of our equipment. Um, we recently fitted out Winton, started last year. Um, yeah, we've multiple tracks around the world. And um, yeah, so basically, as a I'm a as well as a fitter, I'm also the customer contracts officer. Uh, so basically, I just really to simplify it, I just keep the communication lines open with um, all the tracks around the world. Um, uh, delegate any service calls or anything they need. Whenever you know you have an equipment failure or um, our best one that we fight with all the time is storms. So whenever there's a good lightning strike, it always upset a lot of uh, equipment. But um, yeah, that's basically it. But, but more excitingly, right now in the risk of all of CV19, what does it, what's your sister company doing? You were just mentioning. Yeah. Um, basically, the sister company, the Alley Tracks, since we're an electronics company, we also build um, uh, state of emergency vehicles. So police, ambulance, uh, fire vehicles. Um, so we do the full kit out from all your, um, basically a car turns up to us as a basic everyday road car from the dealership. Um, from there, we'll go through um, our library area, so it gets the full all the decals done, all your reflective tapes, all that sort of stuff, um, and all the the lights, sirens, all your radio equipment, um, your AMPR, which is your um, number plate recognition cameras. Uh, we fit out all that, um, so we're obviously the sister company is an essential. Um, service at the moment with everything going on with the virus so yeah at the moment um, I may look at a few emails and then I'll go back out on the workshop floor as a, since I'm a mechanic by trade um, I'll go back out on the floor and I'll help the guys out there finish a car and get it on the road so um, mm, it is um, very different working conditions now with what's going on but um, that's good it, Good to know I can still come to work with a job. I'm not like a lot, not as lucky as a lot of other people at the moment. Yeah. So, a bit blessed there. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you for everything that you're doing there. And, Ryan, what is your ultimate racing goal? Is Gemini the end for you, or are you wanting to expand? You mentioned that you do have the XL, or is it um, you still just want to win that ultimate club championship or national series? Actually, funny enough, um, probably helped also there wasn't as many numbers. I actually came third for the championship last year and all it was was really all it came down to was consistency. Um, like my first round, my in what they would consider a, a full pack of, a full grid, I was way at the back, um, to round three and four, like I was, I was up there, you know, getting thirds and I was right on the tail of second place. Um, and all it was was basically... For me, it just came down to seat time and consistency. So, um, lucky enough that out of the rest of the guys that are racing, I don't think any of them are actually mechanics. They're electricians and whatever. <laughs> um, and the biggest help 
obviously with that would have been um, like still having contact with my old boss, Sean, and um, talking to Michael on the phone and even just the, the support over the phone of just, oh, the car was doing this and this, what it you know, felt like this, and you'd get feedback from them. And, um, so all that helped um, in uh, what was even everyone else in the series last year said um, I progressed quite quickly. Um, the, um, yeah, so round for the last round of the year, I got third place for the round for the year. And then um, for work, I was in America for the PRI trade show. And I got a text message from one of the guys in the championship um, of a photo of a trophy. And my first reaction was, was oh, congratulations, mate. That's awesome. <laughs> no, it's yours. And I, and I nearly fell over. So um, just with, yeah, consistency and a car that was pretty reliable for me, it, was, it actually held up really well considering the abuse that it got. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I ended up coming third place for last year um, for the championship. So it was pretty exciting. Um, um, but overall, um, one thing I've said to my girlfriend and she's supportive of because she knows the passion behind it, if um, at the moment the goal is I'd love to do a, um, if I ever get the opportunity to do a support race or something like that at Bathurst, that would be absolutely awesome. Mm -hmm. um, driven around that track multiple times just to, uh, when it was, when it's obviously open to the public. Because um, uh, growing up as a kid, we were forever in Bathurst, we got family there. Um, so that was dad's way of having a bit of fun. We'd go for a lap around there before we went to Cousins Place. Um, either I reckon to be able to do a, a full race at Bathurst in the Gemini would be fun. Um, don't know. I, I like all sorts of motorsport. Um, if someone handed me the keys to a truck race in Winston, I'll take the keys and run and I'll be yeah. like, go have a go. Yeah. Um, Just want to yeah. keep on driving. Yeah. Anything with heaps of revs and a steering wheel in front of me, I, I'd have a go at it. So I wouldn't really say I have like a major goal of what I want to go for in motorsport. But at the end of the day, to me, if I can have a go at anything that's somewhat competitive and fast, and it's to me, it's all about having fun and enjoying it. So any. Yeah, like I said, I've got to have fun in anything, really. Fantastic. And so, right before we wrap up today, do you have any words of advice for upcoming um, motorsport um, competitors that are still wanting to work like with the, in the, um, the motorsport industry about yeah. how they can get started? Um, biggest thing I advise anyone, even young kids, like coming from a person that I say myself is not a... Um, I wouldn't say overly experienced on a, a level of what other people are on, say, um, like you, like you, people like Paul Morris and all the young kids that he's sort of training and things like that. To me, they're on another level again. But for someone on a very entry level like myself, I say to anyone to get started is don't be afraid to put your hand up and ask for help and um, see time is probably the other big thing for getting into motorsport on a competitive level is just whenever someone offers you a seat and a ride, go for it. Um, as opposed to getting into the industry of motorsport on a 
professional level. Um, it's so it's so vast, um, and you, my approach is also the same. Just have a go. If someone offers you something and it may not be um, ideally what you're going for, just have a go. At the end of the day, it's um, it's about putting yourself out there. Really, it's about it. Fantastic. Now, normally I finish off, what is your favourite track? Obviously, you work with lots of tracks throughout the world and you didn't mention your love for Bathurst. So excluding Bathurst, what's one of your favourite tracks and why? Well, I've only really raced on Morgan Park on a competitive level. It could be racing, it could be officiating, it could be... Yeah, hard to say. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like I said, I've, I've been to multiple tracks in throughout New Zealand and uh, a couple in America, but um, I probably also because I like to support local and I really enjoy going there because it was kind of one of our bit sentimental. It was the place we had our first uh, one of our first dates in Warwick. I'd have to say Morgan Park in Warwick. So um, yeah, I'll stick to the local guys and I'll say Morgan Park. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> I'm hoping to come there this year to with um, TCR, but we shall see. Depending on what's happening this year, but Hopefully, yeah. in the next 12 months, I'll make it there. It's one of the, one of the only racetracks I haven't been to. So. Uh, yeah, well, I'll be there for it because I'll be there for site support for the event. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping it still goes ahead because um, it's, um, yeah, really lovely area. Great little country town sort of vibe. So, no, it's awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time this morning, Ryan, and thank you for going to work for us today. We really appreciate everything that you're doing. And uh, thank you for sharing your story. It's great to have different insights um, from different people within the industry, obviously racing Gemini Cup. As you said, there's only six drivers in Australia that does it, so there's a story to be told. Um, Having your rally experience, um, officiating, which is fantastic. We always love to give back to the sport. Um, And just your general passion for working in the industry. So thank you very much for sharing Um, your story and your time thanks for listening and have a great day we'll we'll have a coffee if I make it to Morgan Park I'll make sure I'll get in contact with you for that coffee yeah yeah, no worries fantastic thanks Ryan Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Tea. Until next time, take care.